Hello and welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. This is episode 18 with Arthur Matthews. I'm here with Connor Wilkins. Hi, Alan. Hi, Connor. Um, Arthur is um, probably most famously known as the writer of Father Ted, which is a very funny show. It is quite funny. You, you like Father Ted? I do. Uh, very few people don't like it. I believe I know one person who has watched none of it. Really? Yeah. And what, you're still friends? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is that a bit of a touchy subject? <laughs> actually not. No, sorry. Um, but generally, if you're an Irish person under the age of, what, 50, you've probably definitely seen it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It's on Netflix now as well, so I think... Or is it? Yeah, I think... Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah so you, anyone can watch it. It's um, there but, for everybody. Uh, Arthur came in to talk to us. Um, he's also written Big Train, Toast of London, which is his current show. Um, he's written. He's written on all sorts of things, um, like Harry Enfield and the Fast Show, and yeah, uh, he's I didn't realise his involvement with those shows as well. Yeah, he's done it. He's the man's done a lot. He yeah. also wrote, wrote Aikino, that play. Yeah, but Roy Keane leaving Saipan. Why did he leave Saipan? Um, I don't know. I think that was covered in. in <laughs> Has that de- been covered? In, I think it's been covered in depth. <laughs> That's honest. been covered. Okay, we we'll move on then. Um, Nobody's listening to this going, what? (laughs) (laughs) Rakeem did what? He was. Is that why we didn't win the World Cup? (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, he was, he's, he's a very relaxed man. Yeah. Um, I wish I was that relaxed. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, he's a man who's, I I think he's comfortable uh, just doing what he does. Yeah. Um, But he's very nice, very accommodating. It was very nice for him to come in and talk to us. And 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 he really, yeah, he kind of is, um. Uh, I said you would talk to him all like you know you would talk to him all day yeah and uh, at the end of the interview <laughs> he was like oh really we've been talking for an hour and a half yeah <laughs> you know I I got the feeling that he would talk about Mad Men for hours yeah. I I get the feeling that if he he did make me want to go home and watch Mad Men I haven't seen any of them yeah oh yeah I might watch it yeah I, I get the feeling that he would host a Mad Men podcast if he if a podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> a podcast is when a person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad Men podcast. Um, so, without further ado, this is the Arthur Matthews episode of the Headstuff Podcast. So, Arthur Matthews, welcome to the Headstuff Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. No problem. Uh, um, uh, I'd like to. We were just talking there off mic about the about um, I suppose TV shows, and it'd be interesting to keep talking about that. I think. Yeah. Um, talking about American dramas, Mad Men is your favourite. Yeah, it is, but I'm not an expert. I don't watch many yeah. of them. Yeah. But uh, yes, no, I love Mad Men. You prefer it to Breaking Bad and Sopranos? I prefer. I did watch all the Breaking Bad, which I kind of love bits of it, and then I kind of went off it. I, things I really didn't like about but as I've just explained to you seconds ago before, we <laughs> <laughs> before that's okay <laughs> before I was recorded for posterity <laughs> I think it's it's great if you can you know if you can do a drama without resorting to lots of people being killed and lots of violence and, which is all very exciting you know I like a bit of Quentin Tarantino yeah. but if you can tell a story without having to do that I think it's it's much more um, um, laudable I think yeah um, and so, w- w- I, I I haven't seen Mad Men at all, um, but I understand well, it's, it's damn good. Yeah, <laughs> it's damn good. I can't tell you what happens in uh, over the entire. No, no. I, I think I'll watch it at some stage. <laughs> do you have other Do you have other dramas like that then as well? American ones that are no. Not, I, as I don't really watch it. Though. You don't watch. I, I, do you, you watch know, American comedies? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do, but not. You know, I don't have. Um, I've got a basic. Even though I watch loads of television. I've just got a free sat type thing, so I don't have many 
extraordinary cables. Right. I think in Britain, I read recently there was there's about 500 stations in Britain. You can probably same here. Is it? Yeah, but you can get every 530 stations or something. Okay, that seems like too many stations. I remember, it does seem like too many. Because <laughs> I remember when it was like, and Ireland we were spoiled because we, unless you were out in the, the wilds, because you'd have, you'd, have, you'd have five, you'd have uh, RTE one and two and uh, BBC one and two. You'd have a bit more actually, five or six. Yeah. Unless you were out either in the wilds, you'd have RTE before... RT2, you have one station. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Network 2. But I, yeah, but I grew up, even when I, when I was a kid, we always had uh, BBC and ITV. And yeah, so yeah, I watched, same. I always watched, I always loved television. Do you have Netflix? No, I don't have Netflix. See, yeah. I watch mostly kind of um, uh, documentaries I watch a lot and uh, yeah. comedies. Um, I love BBC4, like BBC4 I watch yeah. all the time. But I don't, I'm not, Is I that don't gone watch now? No, 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 far from it. Oh, is it? Talking, they were talking about it in the BBC cutbacks. Right. But then yesterday there was a big speech and um, the man from the BBC said they weren't going to lose it. Great. Because I love it, I love it. Yeah, that's where lots of great things start, isn't it? Was it? The take of it started there, didn't it? It did, yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and uh, I liked, there was a programme called The Detectorist recently, which I liked. Detectorist. Detectorists about uh, metal detectors. Oh, right. <laughs> with uh, Mackenzie Crook. I think I heard um, Shane Langan talking about that before. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's pretty and good. And the Walters was on that as well, obviously, wasn't it? It was in BBC4, yeah. 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 Although it doesn't do a lot of comedy and it's cut back and it's drama, but it used to do a few dramas, but it's it's the bare essentials now. Right. There's lot, lots of great music documentaries. Really? Which I watch a hell of a lot. But I love I say seventy percent of my viewing is BBC four really probably. Okay. Um music is it is another thing you're interested you used to play yeah, yeah. in a band? You'd, I you'd did, I played in, in uh I was in U two for five years. <laughs> <laughs> From nineteen eighty three to nineteen eighty eight. And then the age found a hat and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was in U two. No, sorry, not U two, um sorry. Joshua Trio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's easy to mix them up. It is, yeah, yeah. they're very similar. So I was, in, I was in a band called Adored by Millions. Uh, <laughs> it was my first band. Uh, didn't really break through. Uh, Adored by jo- a few. Jo- <laughs> yeah, it was largely ironic. <laughs> but that was fun. And, uh, uh, yeah, the Joshua Trio with Paul Woodfall. Um, so that was fun. Um, what did you play? I played drums. And Do you still play drums? I don't know. I uh, I I've I just don't have the room or the the wide open spaces to play them anymore. Right. But I do. I believe on toast. Um, the show I'm doing. Uh, there's lots of drummers. The director's a drummer. All right. DLP director of photography's a drummer. Okay. The producer was a drummer last series. Really. Yeah. There's lots of drummers. Yeah. Matt Barry strikes me as the kind of guy who plays a lot of instruments. Yeah, he does. He does, does he? he oh, God, yeah. I'm yeah. not sure if he plays drums, but he plays everything else. He plays plays guitar and keyboards. He's yeah. just doing a live album. Or yeah, he, he tours music, doesn't he? he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's on NASA Jazz Records. Uh, so he's, he's touring a lot. He's always busy. And then he goes off to America to do some. He's in that thing, Community, you know that? Oh, he's in Community? Oh, yeah. All oh, right. Did you watch that? I saw the episode he was in. Right. And he was very good in it. Uh, yeah. 
Chevy Chase used to be in, but he's left now. Yeah, the first three seasons were really good, and then I stopped watching it. Yeah, I think, Matt, Tommy, I don't know much about it. Again, it's on one of these, like, my brother-in-law knows all about this stuff, so he can locate it. Yeah. I don't know where these <laughs> channels are. But I think they changed, my brother-in-law told me they changed the writers, and that, and they went very different. Yeah, the guy, the different. creator, Dan Herman, Dan Herman yeah. fell out with Chevy Chase, I think. And he left yeah, for I think season four. Falls out with Chevy Chase, yeah, so. and then Chevy Chase left for season five or something. Mm-hmm. But Dan Harmon came back, so I think it's supposed to pick up, but maybe yeah. not quite to the same standard. Mm. But um, yeah, it was it was really funny at the start. I haven't seen the Matt Berry episode, I must watch it. Yeah. Um, he's very prominent and he's a kind of visiting lecturer. Oh, okay. So he's in every scene, more or less. I think. He hasn't seen I asked him if he'd seen it, so <laughs> he hasn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> he's. But then I asked Dylan Moran once. Oh, I saw you in Notting Hill. How, how was that? He says, I haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's he in the... Oh, is he in the bookshop? He's the guy in the bookshop, yeah. yeah. So. Right. Was that before Black Books or after? Good question. Yeah. I think it was a bit before, but obviously he got That's a taste great, for maybe. being in bookshops. Yeah, he just loved being in bookshops. Um, you, did, you did a bit of work on Black Books, didn't you? I did, yeah. I did. Well, I wrote an episode of the, of the second series, but it changed a lot. It, it's... Oh. Uh, it changed a lot by the time it got on air. Which episode was it? It was about a criminal, a kind of... There was a thug, kind of criminal, celebrity... Um, Cray Brothers type, he'd write in an autobiography and oh, he was okay. going to do a reading in the in the in, in their shop. Oh, okay. It was a time when there was a lot of those... Mad Frankie Fraser. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he'd written a book. There was a lot of kind of 60s criminals and started writing autobiographies. Okay, yeah. A few of those guys do do tours, don't they? And they go to like yeah, yeah. universities and try and get the kids not to do <laughs> not to follow their path. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Just going back to Matt Berry, um, he's he's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah, I've always thought he's very funny. He's got that thing. That's just he's very funny. Yeah. He's in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yeah. Very cult. It's brilliant. Cult TV it's show. so good. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in that. And he, I did a thing. He was in the thing called Snuffbox, yeah, with Rich Fulcher. Yeah, uh, that I script edited. On I worked on that show. Yeah, I I I used to love. I I I'm not, I, I didn't see all of Snuffbox, but I remember certain parts of it, like mm. the one Matt Berry is you know going up to girls in the street and mm. chatting them up. Yeah, yeah. And then finds out they have a boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it was. It was. I didn't know what happened to it at all, and then I discovered years later that it's. A bit of a culty thing on on DVDs and Is it? Yeah, a yeah. couple of like, deluxe version DVD yeah. and uh, yeah and some kind of quote from Steve Coogan on the back saying he was a fan of it. <laughs> but it was on BBC Three and uh, I you know I doubt many people watched it, but it just became a cult type of thing. Yeah. And Rich Fulcher's out and uh, he does a thing in Comedy Central now, which is quite good. Yeah, he he retweeted something we said about him once. That's, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the last yeah, thing yeah. I saw about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's funny too. Um, yeah, he's good. Yeah. So when you, when you're working with Matt Berry, it, was this an idea you worked on well, together? Matt's idea because Shane Allen, who was um, head of Channel Four, uh, wanted Matt to do something. And then Matt always liked that kind of because he does lots of voiceovers in studios. Yeah, he's a great he voice. Likes, he really likes that. Um, Soho actor scene, which is kind of gone now, but it was around the seventies and sixties, hmm. Colony Club and all that. So it was kind of that, really. That was the basic idea of it. So he just asked me to write 
So you're, when working with, uh, when you're writing with Matt, is it just the two of you then? Or do you have like yeah. a team? No, so it's just, it was just, I mean, like, you know, it's very different. When I was writing with Graham, doing Father Ted, because uh, mm. we lived together, it was really intense. Yeah. <laughs> it was like we lived together 24 hours a day and wrote all the time. And that was before emails come in and all that. Whereas with Matt, it's a long distance thing and um, it's very different. It's a really different Oh, process. so you don't, you're not sharing like a room? No, or we're not even in the same... Country, country <laughs> <All right>. really. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, like yeah. using Google Docs or something, and well, we just you know, I mean, not, the first series I wrote a lot. I wrote five of the first drafts and sent them off, and then it's back and forth from there. Right. You know? Yeah. Because it's he's it's very, he's very busy. Like he's just he's doing so many things. He seems to show up in the maddest places as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he's just... in that thing. I was watching a Moon, that film Moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's in that. He suddenly Is he appears in that? in that. Yeah. Really? He's in the Who's control he room. He's in the control room back on Earth. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good movie. I thought there was one actor in that whole yeah. movie. <laughs> Duncan <laughs> Jones. Right. David Bowie's son did it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's a brilliant film. I was watching like uh, Queens of the Stone Age documentaries, like different kind of, you know, bands in the studio type of thing. Like, And there was this Queens of the Stone Age one where they're recording their new album in the studio. And then Matt Berry walks in and just <laughs> yeah. does a tour of the studio. Like, he knows everyone. Uh, as this character. But then like, he gets Josh Holm. He was in the last series of Toast. <laughs> oh. unbelievable. Like. <laughs> so I mean, Matt seems to know everybody, like, you know. Deadly. Because it's, it's a very musical kind of show as well. Like, there's, yeah. there's a song in each episode, isn't there? Yeah. Or he just kind of breaks into song. Yeah, no, I like that. It's a kind of, um, we both liked um, Dennis Potter stuff, like Penny from Heaven and the Sing Detective, where you had... Dance routines. Okay, I don't know this. Lovely, ah, brilliant Dennis Potter stuff. Because there, I mean, Pennies from Heaven is set in the thirties. It was made in the seventies. It was set in the thirties, so it's very grim and a bit of more murder and a horrible. There's terrible things happening. It's a love story and uh, and it's fairly grim. And the thirties was fairly grim. <laughs> and yet, then they just burst into song with popular tunes of the day, <laughs> and it's just lovely. It, it, they just get out of that world, and it's right. just you know, it's wonderful. So that was that a kind of a conscious thing then to put a song in, yeah, in yeah, each episode? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't just found that you found that you ended up no. at a song. No, no, <laughs> with, a, with a baby, a, not very. It didn't happen accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> it was planning. Yeah. In it. Yeah, and, and not just music, but also sounds are really important in the in the series. I, well, it seems to me anyway, like because obviously he's a voiceover artist, but yeah, there's all sorts of sound effects happening at strange places and um, yeah, 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 yeah. Sound it's, is it's important. It's not in them. Um, it's different because if you do stuff in a studio with an audience, like Father Ted was, hmm. that fills fills in a lot of gaps. You know, the audience uh, laughter and stuff. Yeah. So if you don't have that, you kind of you have to, you know. Well, you don't have to, but you can you can fill in the gaps in other ways. You know? Yeah, and is that something that you think about while you're actually writing, or does it happen um, kind of naturally when you're in editing or in kind of? Um, it might occur to you on the day, or it might occur to you in the edit. Uh, there's no rules for it, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. The, just to go back then to Father Ted you're talking about the studio Graeme yeah. you've obviously haven't been writing together recently but he's continued to do the kind of studio yeah. sitcoms well other yeah. than the Walters yeah. but, but up to that mm. and he's been very successful with it yeah absolutely yeah um, I, did you watch his shows did you oh yeah I watch everything he does <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I've only missed one I missed one episode of the IT crowd I think 
Did you go back and watch it? Uh, I don't know where to, how to find it. Oh, really? I'd have to ask him. <laughs> you probably find I it on, on 4, what do you call it, 4 OD? Yeah, or I, but I don't know what days. it is. I don't know what it's called. Oh, right. I'd have, yeah, yeah, yeah. have to ask him. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to ask him. But, but uh, yeah, no, he's, he's, uh, I love uh, really like Count Arthur Strong as well. Yeah, I haven't he's seen much of that. He's a craftsman, you know, Graham. Yeah. Not many people can do that um, storytelling structure thing. He's really well. really good at the kind of the plotting episodes where... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we were very influenced by um, Seinfeld. Right, yeah. We used to watch that a lot, which yeah. is the ultimate in, yeah. you know, getting three storylines going yes. at the same time and paying them off. What do you think of that um, kind of na- name it's been given of the show about nothing? It seems to me like it doesn't fit. You know, Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh, uh, I could see why they did that because it's all kind of kind of small thing but that was a kind of like it was like stand up comedians talk about all that minutiae and have you ever noticed and all that stuff so Seinfeld just really put that in a story form in a, yeah. in, a, in a narrative form you know yeah. and uh, there were small like people like things like some character who spoke really low and they could never yeah. understand you know but that's like talking. clearly from real life you know yeah and, uh, and the close talker. Obviously, it's brilliant. It? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff, you know. <laughs> and some guy who calls refers to himself by in the, the third person, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so all that stuff, you know. I mean, that's you Jimmy's know. getting upset. Yeah, yeah, all that. But you could see those as part. Of, I mean, of course, he did a bit of stand up in it anyway. Yeah. So it was just doing stand up observational stuff and putting them into a story. Would that have influenced a lot of Father Ted? The, uh, um, the kind of way yeah. the stories came together and. Yeah, I think so. Um, but the best, I mean, my favourite episode, I always say my favourite episode is the one where Michael Redden plays this boring priest who comes to stay. Yeah. <laughs> and that Father absolutely, Stone. like, that happened friends of mine because they, they were <laughs> teacher training college <laughs> and they had a fellow who'd come and stay with them every summer and they couldn't get rid of him. He'd come and stay with them. <laughs> and uh, they hardly knew him. He'd come and then they used to, they rang him up once and said, look, he said, "I'll be coming. I'll be coming next uh, in the next month. I'll be st- I'll be coming." <laughs> and I said, "Look, do you have to come? I don't think we have enough. <laughs> we don't really have anything in common." And he said, "Should we find something in common?" <laughs> and then they'd go and play golf, and he'd cheat. On the, he'd stand on the ball and stuff. And then they'd go down the pub, and he'd never buy them a drink. <laughs> but that was completely based on that. Uh, he didn't know, get electrocuted, did he? He did. No, that was the only twist in yeah. the, in, in that show and that. Uh, <laughs> It's very, it's very unlike uh, a lot of episodes, and that it's not very frantic. It's very quiet, and nothing much happens. And the only twist in it is they go and play crazy golf, and he gets electrocuted. So then he has to stay with them like forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only twist. Otherwise, it's very simple. And then I like that about it. Yeah. Well, so when you were writing that, the two of you, um, is that is it was it the same the way you just said there? You say wrote a for, first draft and sent it over. No, no, it wasn't. It was it was like we do a kind of very rough ten point thing. This happens and this happens and this happens, and you go from A to Z with various things along the way. Right. And then, but but before that, even we'd always think of just funny scenes or funny ideas. Like there was one. Um, the people remember the where Dermot's standing at the window with the, and there's a bit of dirt in the window oh, yes, it looks yeah. like Hitler, Hitler <laughs> but that's just an idea you have and you just like you just 
I don't know if that went into that. Was that whole thing that set up the Nazi thing, the, yeah. the right wing thing, or not? Yeah, I hear you're racist now, Father. Yeah, all I that think. stuff. I mean, maybe yeah. that came from that one joke. I can't quite remember. But we always found it very easy to crowbar those jokes in. Yeah. And that was the funniest thing. Just think of funny ideas or funny uh, moments. Yeah. You know, and just get them into it. That was the main thing, rather than having an overall um, plot. Yeah. But they would suggest, they might suggest an overall plot. And how much did... I know it was like kind of a very heavily written show, but how much did Dermot or Ardell bring to it? Like, did they, did they ever, like, improv lines? or No. No, so it was, yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't really, you know. Um, no, I wouldn't have thought so, because it they seems... They didn't, cause, yeah. and they never really suggested that they should, really. Yeah. Um, they were happy enough just to do, to do it, really. Yeah. And then, of course, they're both at their own writing stand-up careers where they could yeah. do anything they could do, do whatever they wanted, wanted. No. but but so the, the voice I think of Father Dougal suits Ardell O'Hanlon so much yeah do, do you when you cast Ardell in the role do you ever maybe or maybe when you're writing from later do you do it for the actor in yeah in quest? you do yeah uh Afterwards, yeah, after the first series, definitely, yeah, of course. But we always kind of had Dermot in mind and Ardell in mind. Oh, yeah. And Frank in mind. Oh, okay. The only one who came through casting was Pauline. Right. But uh, we'd seen Ardell, he did something in RTE with about kind of Shakespeare, kind of updated Shakespeare's stories that Ferdy McGanna was involved in. Uh, uh-huh. And that's where I, I thought, oh, why he'd be good at doing that Dougal character. Yeah. And Dermot, I knew Dermot. So he looked. He looked so right for the role yeah, as well. Yeah. So it just works out. But and Frank, I knew from. I didn't know him personally, but I knew him from Paul's Pictorial Weekly, and he did a thing called the Glen Abbey Show in the seventies, a radio show which I always loved. So like, yeah, I knew Frank would be funny. Frank's got that thing where he's just very naturally very funny, you know. Yeah. That's a hugely important thing. I think you're better off with people who are very funny. And an average script and a great script performed by people who aren't very funny. Yeah, yeah. That's my theory about it. Yeah. It's like um, people who are very... Actors who are very good at comedy can generally do drama. But I uh, think drama um, actors aren't always very good at doing comedy. Yeah, you know, you have it's that thing they have. And, you know, um, Matt Barry certainly has it. And, um, like Pat Short. Pat Short's in the new series of Toast, bizarrely. Was he? Yeah, but um, just because I think he's he's brilliant. I looked at some of the unbelievable stuff he did. And, yeah, uh, he's just got that. He's very special talent part of performing. Yeah. You know. And, yeah, uh, he's just great. Certain people have it, you know. Yeah, because and then he went and did Garage, which kind of yeah, yeah, blew yeah. everyone away a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't know he had that in his. Yeah, no. Um, and there's all there's Americans, you know, like Jim Carrey, kind of goes into some dramatic roles, and Will Ferrell and stuff. Will Ferrell's very funny. I always thought. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. yeah, but it it might not work so much if you put Daniel Day Lewis into Toast of London. Well, it might do. <laughs> it could be amazing. It could be, yeah, because he can do everything. But <laughs> we ask, we ask him. Yeah, it? send him an email. <laughs> I think he lives in Wicklow. Send him. A <laughs> One of the funniest things is, yeah, uh, you see Liam Neeson in um, the, yeah. What's the Ricky Gervais? Life's too short. Yeah, 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 yeah. Him playing a comedic role in that. Yeah. That was hilarious. It's brilliant seeing like a really dramatic guy yeah. who just played his yeah. comedy character. Well, um, John Hamm, who's who is in Toast, but he's a Matt again. Someone else Matt knows, so Matt kind of asked him to be in it. But he he's a um, got a great fondness for comedy and yeah. British he, he comedy. He was in Thirty Rock as well, was he? 
Uh, he, no. I'm not sure if he was not. He's been in a few comedy. May well be. He, sh- he shows up in things because I've yeah, I haven't yeah, seen I him mean, Mad yeah, Men. Yeah, he kind of shows up. But I've only yeah. I think I've seen him in like a lot of comedies. Yeah. He was yeah, in uh, he Bridesmaids, to, he wasn't he? No, was he in Bridesmaids? Oh, he was. He was the. I remember him being in a sports car and being a dick to Chris Oh, he was, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He was like the dick Anyway, he loves comedy, so, like, yeah. you know, he's very mischievous. And uh, he's presented, um, hosted Saturday Night Live three times. Three times? Yeah. Wow. And uh, so I looked that up, and he's very funny, you know. But he's just someone who uh, just likes doing comedy, you know? Yeah. Is yeah. he someone who you thought would be, God, he'd be great for this role? Or yeah, he expressed yeah, interest course, in being yeah, in the yeah. show? Well, Matt, Matt, Matt knew him anyway, and he, he used to be in London quite a lot. And uh, um, it was funny, though, because, like, I love Mad Men, but I hadn't seen the last few episodes of it. So we, John Hamm was talking to, to Matt about it, and I said, don't tell me that. <laughs> 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 I haven't seen the last few episodes. I telling John Hamm that. It was just bizarre. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so he just, you know, he loves comedy, and uh, he's very... He's like a bit like Alec Baldwin used to be. Yeah, yeah. He, he got very from, comedic recently. From, uh, yeah, he came from doing serious films, yeah. and, uh, but then obviously liked doing comedy as well. So he's a bit like that, I think. Yeah, yeah, they're similar, actually. Um, and how does that then? How does that work? Like, do you think, oh, I'd love to write a, a role for John Hamm, and and then you like ring up Matt Berry and ask him, can you get him? Can you get him in, or yeah, does it yeah. just happen? Oh, it did, it did happen. Um, yeah, it did happen like that because Matt knew him, and then his agents in Hollywood were, uh, they would, you know, it took ages for them to respond, so we didn't know yeah. what he was going to do or no. So yeah, he yeah. shortlisted lots of people. Right. Uh, well, I'm glad he did it because like he's just. I love him. I I'm a huge Mad Men fan, so he wouldn't. There's nobody bigger in my book than John Hamm. Um, all right, I just want to go back to the casting you were talking about, Father Ted. So you kind of knew you wanted the three yeah, priests. Except for Pauline, we had. Um, so, yeah, it was it very surprising then when she came in because she's yeah, obviously playing was. kind of a much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew her from she was in Scrap Saturday with Dermot Radio Show, so I knew her from that. But I didn't personally know her, and she was too young for the role. But she, you know, she did it very well. Yeah. So. But she's the only one that came from the casting process and not really. Yeah, because I remember the first time I saw her as not Mrs. Doyle. Yeah. I was kind of like, <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. stands up straight. <laughs> yeah, she's still about 10 years away from being prop- the proper age to play her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's approaching it now. Better not say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> but she's brilliant, obviously. And yeah, then a lot of the other <coughs> kind of smaller roles, a lot of the, the cameos were just Irish comedians uh, mm. here and there. Mm. Um, you, like you, Tommy Tiernan, Ed, or Ed, yeah, Ed Byrne, Jason Byrne, yeah. um, Mark Doherty, even people like Father Stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Was, yeah. That, was that a conscious as well to, to give mm. kind of the comedians a a leg up or was it were they just always the best people for the role? Or? Um. I suppose we just kind of knew some of them. Um, and there were just so many priests in Father Ted anyway. Yeah. Hundreds of them. So, <laughs> so many priests. I'm sure every actor in Ireland played a priest, has played a priest at some stage, whether in Father Ted or not. <clears throat> but, um, but you know, uh, it's... Yeah, we probably knew some of them. Tommy, obviously, we knew. Yeah. He's a brilliant actor, actually. He's, he's never really done. He doesn't do much, it. does it? No, no, he should do more. I think I always thought he should do more. He's pretty good at stand up as well, though. Yeah, he's, <laughs> of course he's very good stand up. But he's, you know, he's um, he's a very good actor. He's yeah. a very good actor, and uh, but obviously he just loves the stand up thing. Yeah. 
and the crowd and the adulation, you know. Yeah, I heard him on, he was on, do you know, Jared Regan's podcast, mm. Nourishment Abroad. And I've done that, I've, I've done it. Yeah, I know. I've <laughs> done that. <laughs> he, but he's, he talks about, um, uh, at, at the start, Jared saying that he tried to get Tommy on for ages mm. and Tommy wouldn't do it because he didn't think it'd be much crack, just two people in a room talking. Mm. And then the one they did was a live episode and he said he'd finally sign up. So it's like he's addicted to the crowd. He is, to the immediate, think, yeah. the immediate yeah. reaction. Yeah, I think he is. And Dylan Moran as well, who's also really... He's a good actor too. Great actor, yeah. yeah. He's very funny. Very charismatic and all that stuff. He does, he does more of it though. He, does, he still acts. He doesn't do much though. Does yeah. he? he was in Calvary. Yeah. Which was out, what, last year, year before last? Um, do you miss Do you miss the uh, studio audience? or? Um, well, it's quite nerve-wracking on the night to do yeah. it, but uh, I think if you can get away without doing it, it's pretty good, you know. But I think that's obviously, and Graham is very, very fond of it, and he's quite right to be, quite right, because the big shows, the really big shows, if you look at them, are like in Britain, like Miranda or Mrs. Brown's Boys are big audience shows. Mm. They're still the big. Mm. You know, the 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 critics have really gone off them and are very cynical about them. Yeah. But the big shows are still audience shows and I think, you know, this there's certainly not just a place for them, but it's still um valid, very valid. Yes. You yeah, know, as yeah. and like there's a lot of shows in Britain that are don't have audiences that are pretty grim and pretty low key and not very funny really. Yeah. Or so you, you don't like that kind of I do I do actually like that kind of thing, but you like when you say grim and low key and not very funny would you say count the office? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> but it is kind of grim and it's very low key. Yeah, I find but it, it is hilarious. very funny. It's very yeah, well yeah. written, and, and Ricky Gervais is great. And but there, I mean, I won't name any shows because it wouldn't be right. Yeah, <laughs> it, wouldn't be, it just wouldn't be right. But yeah, I, don't I mean, mean I love you on the spot, I lo- like I love Peep Show, for instance, which doesn't have an audience. Yeah, but I think that's yeah, brilliantly hilarious. written and fantastic. Yeah. But there are a lot. There are quite a lot of shows that people, you know, they're just kind of okay, right? Okay, and very low key and set in the real world and very domestic and. You know, it's just it's just too many of them. But my my favorite show probably the last few years is Girls. I think Girls is brilliant. Yeah, I haven't seen it. <laughs> you so want you want you want to stay in more and watch more television. Yeah, but well, that is a problem I find. There's so much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do you have, do you find do you have that problem that there's a lot of stuff that people are talking about and everybody's saying you should watch this and you should watch this. Yeah, well, that's uh, I'm limited by only having um, free sat, so I've only I'm limited to about three hundred channels. <laughs> I suppose the seven thousand I could probably have. Ah, but ten of them are probably the radio at the end as well. Like, so. well, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but um, so I saw something. Last man on the earth, or last man standing. Oh, or yeah, I saw recently. the first episode of that. Yeah, that that was quite good. What's your man's name? You ran from uh, Saturday Night Live, wasn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, what do you call her? Kristen Schaal. Kristen Schaal was Flight of the Concords, which yeah. I love. The love flight of the Concords. Yeah, yeah. The first episode that seemed very funny. Yeah, uh, I thought it was good. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was pretty good. Yeah. I watched it over my housemate's shoulder. Yeah, I was yeah, breakfast yeah. Or something, yeah. But it seemed very it was very interesting. To you. What would you do if, uh, if you know, you you could have everything free, but there were no other people? So you used to, you had a bath and in like alcohol and st- on yeah. like whiskey or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was free. Yeah, the first myself was good. But girl, I love girls. I think it's amazing. And the writing in it is brilliant. And it's got my favourite actor of all time, um, Adam Driver, in it. 
Oh, your favourite actor of all time? Oh, he's my favourite actor of all time. That's high praise. High praise indeed. <laughs> I think he's amazing and he's so great. Yeah, he's he's, oh, he's shown up in more in movies now. I'm not surprised. Yeah, he's yeah. brilliant. But I think if you can, if you can make a show that is very funny, is is really funny, but it's also a very good, um, you know, what it's like to be a twenty-something in New York. Yeah. At the moment, at the, in the modern world, in the twenty-first century, in the second decade of it. You know, it's brilliantly uh, precise about that, but also very funny. And I think, think if you can do that, it's very, you know, it's a substantial bit of work. Yeah. yeah. I think Peep Show is like that as well. I think Peep Show is really good. Of what, you know, they've just finished this, the last series now, but it's like gone on for over 10 years. Yeah. So it's a great it's like glimpse of what's like series to work. Sorry? It's like the way American series work. You know, they go for 20 episodes a season and then they go yeah. for 10 seasons. Or yeah, yeah. But uh, it's just, you know, what it would be like to be a, a kind of slightly uh, in your 20s and early 30s growing up, uh, you know, in London. Yeah. Not growing up in London, but just being in London in your 20s and in the 90s going in, or the, the early 21st century, I should say. Yeah. I get confused with the decades. Growing up with a fisheye lens right in your face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's brilliantly written. I would say it's one of the best written shows because yeah. they have their thoughts externalised and people when they're uh, they can be their thoughts can be written completely artic in an articulate way hmm. whereas like dialogue is just always a bit ragged and unformed yeah but dial people you know, their thoughts are perfectly formed and that's where the brilliant yeah it's pretty clever yeah. yeah it's great but brilliantly performed as well and and very funny so I think that, you know Peep Show is one of my favourite shows ever I think it's brilliant did you watch Arrested Development? I watched a bit of it, yeah. I never really got into that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's I haven't, that's to be honest, I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, it's it's one you definitely have to watch in order. I think. Yeah. Um, it's it's my favorite. It's my favorite show. I think, but um, right. It's uh, it's 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 a different. It's an it's kind of like that where there's um, Peep Show has the thoughts externally coming out. Yeah. But in that they've a narrator who's kind of right. Kind of saying what they're thinking or yeah, what they're doing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. The, the narrator's Ron Howard, and um, but yeah. it's just really, it's a really clever show as well. I watch more of it. Yeah, watch it from the start. <laughs> three hundred episodes later. <laughs> no, it's only three seasons. Right. Okay, but then do how many? They do a hell of a lot of seasons. I mean episodes. Yeah, season, they, they, they do. They did it three, and then it was cancelled, and then they got a fourth on Netflix. Yeah, that was supposed to be like the first act of a. It's not great. It's kind of weird. Uh, the fourth season. Yeah. Well, it's it was marketed on. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I think in America they're kind of ruthless, but then if you do a successful show, it goes you, They wouldn't like in Britain. You'd stop. You could stop like Faulty Towers and stop after two series. And but in America they just wouldn't understand that. Why you wouldn't keep going if you have yeah. a successful show? Yeah. But then they're ruthless. They'd cancel something very. Um, yeah. Before very they have quickly. a chance to finish yeah. it, like. Yeah. 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 Is that a conscious thing in in say? British series that you know okay we're going to do two seasons of six episodes like um, like I know The Office was quite conscious I think where they said right, we'll do two of six episodes and then we'll do two specials so that it's like this tight kind of you know you've got 12 or 14 episodes that are you know almost become iconic like yeah. Blackadder he gave up I mean he gave up after many series of The Office two or three two series, two series. Yeah, yeah, two specials see, yeah. they wouldn't understand that in America no sure the American Office the American Office is ten seasons, ten seasons yeah, yeah, yeah I know exactly yeah, it's, it's very different there's a lot more money involved in it as well yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a lot more people making a lot more money 
And do do you feel do you feel, do you like that when things end have an end? Um, yeah, I do. Yeah, um, probably. You know, you I don't know how you could do like hundreds of episodes of a show. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot. I mean, the va- I mean, it's a different system. Make them a lot more writers on it as well. Yeah, yeah that's very good. I mean, like something like Friends was like really consistent. Yeah, you know, you could t- it was just like formula, and it was very good and and um, very consistent. But um, you need a team. You need a whole, you know, it's yeah. a whole industry involved in doing yeah. something like that. There's always a different writer that can. Yeah, yeah. Sure. When Seinfeld, when you look at the kind of yeah, it's not all Larry the David and Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. And the teams writers going to them, yeah. and, you know. Mm. Yeah, and then sometimes it'd be like a whole new, like a, a cabinet reshuffle of writers nearly yeah. in, in other seasons yeah. of different... Then you can, you can get, like there's a show on the radio which I'm quite fond of called In and Out of the Kitchen at the moment uh, by, um, uh, what do you call it? Well, Brandon Dempsey's in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you call the main guy? He was another priest. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course he was, yeah. <laughs> um, this is terrible, I can't... I, I think I've got... Um, short-term memory loss or long-term memory loss or maybe just memory, memory loss, loss. <laughs> uh, it occurred to me anyway in and out of the kitchen is very good and right. the writer of that um after doing three series for the fourth series some other people are writing it but it's very consistent you wouldn't know this the, it's a seamless join miles jupp that's his name oh, okay um Anyway, he he used to write the first. He wrote the first three series, but now other people are writing. Okay. But, but they're obviously very familiar with the show. Yeah. And that happened with Sam and Je- Sam Bain and Jesse Armstrong, who who did Peep Show, and then mm. they did Fresh Meat. Oh yes. But after initially writing a few episodes, or maybe the first series of Fresh Meat, they, other people write it now. Right. Yeah. It's a really American thing to do. I think Armando Anucci, when he went off to America to do, to do Veep. Yeah. He brought a lot of English people over with them. Right. A whole like a lot of people. Writers and producers and people like and Chris Morris, I think, direct a few episodes. That's kind of what episodes is about, isn't it? That did you see that show? It's got. Um, I did. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't very fond of that show. Okay. It's well, we can still talk about. It. <laughs> but that's what it's about, isn't it? It's it's, it's an English show. Stephen Mangan and, and uh, yeah. Tasman Grieg and yeah. I like Stephen Mangan a lot actually. Yeah. And uh, Tasman's good as well. Yeah. There was something about it, I don't know. Um, but I, I believe that was all shot in, in Britain as well. Yeah, oh, I right. so. It looks, I mean, looks. It looks ta- very Los Angeles. Yeah, thing. I don't. I think they shot in Britain. How do they pull that off? Just <laughs> modern, s- modern technology. What's magical? Magic. It's magical. <laughs> they did magic, um, and so yeah. Well, that was obviously about a, a, an English show which was successful in England and then trying to bring it to the US yeah. market. Yeah. Um, there was, there's always rumours of that happening with Father Ted. Was that yeah. ever? Was there ever truth to that? No, I never. Think it was all rumours. Was I it? Never heard. I've heard all these things of like about. Steve Martin to play Father Ted and all this. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah, not true. Oh, not as far as I know. Plus, religion's very touchy in America. Subject in America. Yeah. Did you um, see that uh, the video that somebody made recently about Americans watching Father Ted? Oh, I heard about it. No, I haven't seen it though. Yeah. I must watch it. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of mostly don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah. You can blame them. <laughs> What's it? What's it? What, what, I have two questions now. Um, was there ever plans for a fourth series of Hotterhead? No, we thought we'd stop uh, after three. Yeah. And then, of course, Dermot died very suddenly, but mm. we kind of said we wouldn't do any more. Um, uh, why, why do we do that? 
remember. But would then whoever, would the producers or the studios or anything be trying to force you to do well, it? Yeah, they would, have, they would have liked us to, us to do more. Trying yeah. to talk you into it, like. Yeah, although, you know, to be honest, like, you know, it was never, it was a, it was never huge audiences. Like, Ardle went on to do um, My Hero. Yeah. Which got much bigger audience did than it? Father did. Yeah, yeah, because it was on BBC One. Whoa. Because Father right. Ted may have, may have peaked at three or four million, and I think My Hero would have got seven million or something. Whoa. But, like... That's interesting. Just, I don't know, it's just like... Because it's on BBC One. So you just have this image of people coming in slump and slumped at their chair. Yeah. Yeah, and just yeah. press a button and it's just BBC One and they're going to fall asleep <laughs> for the whole evening. And my family is going to be on. And Mrs Brown's boys. So there's seven million people <laughs> asleep in front of their TVs but nobody's actually watching. Yeah, it's a weird thing that it's just like... And nobody watches like BBC Four... It's just odd. I mean, it's odd to me, but you know. Um. But after the fact, after the show ended, and then in uh, with DVDs and repeats and all that, it's mm. obviously yeah, yeah, you know, no, a lot. It's, it's still going, yeah, it's still going. What's uh, what's that actually like? Just having written something that's such a cultural phenomenon. It's like Irish well, people it's, actually. It's a good thing. Well, yeah, <laughs> I would suppose it is. It's not a bad thing. No, like there's people quoting Father Ted to you. Yeah, it's constantly. Great. I mean, it's, it's twenty years ago uh, yeah. since we did. I mean, I was walking. A l- actually, this isn't Father Ted, but this is funny anyway. But ten years ago, oh, ten. I'm so old now. Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's six months ago. Maybe it's ten years ago. Maybe it's twenty years ago. Anyway, I was walking down the street in Dublin, and this Garda car, or van, or something pulled over and one of the guards come here, come here, I want to talk to you so what, have I, what have I done and I went over to him and he just said aha I've always wanted to say that and then he drove off because I've been in uh, with Graham we've been in Alan Park, Alan Park. Yeah, yeah, that's my favourite things bizarre. ever and, uh, yeah. a couple of guards would do that <laughs> well, that was kind of funny do you ever get recognised? Because you, you, you know, bizarrely, no, ninety nine percent. I don't. But I was on the flight the other day, and one of the air hostesses, uh, it was very nice, came up to me and said, "Oh, I can't believe it's you. You're a writer, aren't you?" I thought, She's probably got this wrong. And thinks I'm Jonathan Miller or something. But no, she didn't seem to know. And I signed her. I signed an autograph for her. And it happens a bit. It happened a bit recently. It's really weird. But obviously. It doesn't happen very much. <laughs> I can walk the streets without being mobbed. It's I'm sh- it's different if you're on television, like Ardle or whatever. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, I'm not sure I'd like that particularly. No. But it's very nice when people come up and say, "I like the show." Most ninety percent of the time, it's Father Ted. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's always very nice. You know, it's it's um, it's very nice. It's very warm feeling. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's good, but is there, is there anything else to it? Like it's because it, it's generally like it's actually part of Ireland's cultural identity now. It's like when you think of Irish people, people if they're trying to be Irish, they almost quote Father Ted. Or yeah. It's like you've kind of well, written a part it's 20, of Irish say, history. Like it's twenty years ago. Yeah, but it's so as, maybe it'll be three hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? God knows. But uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, it was. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was came along, it came along at the right time as well, you know. Yeah. And there wasn't there wasn't much of getting that Irish thing, comedy, 
sense of humour on television. There wasn't mm. very much of that. No. Um, not very much at all. There still isn't much of it, really, like. Um, there's a bit... I, mean, I watched Opera Match last night and I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was really funny. Oh, it was on last night, then. Just, Just for... Um, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's it? Richard Cooper or Gary Cook who does Jack Charlton. Mm. But is the Jack Charlton impression is one of the funniest things. I literally had tears streaming down my face. <laughs> like I was wearing these glasses and I couldn't see. They all <laughs> steamed up. It was that funny and it was just one of them doing a Jack Charlton impression. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there haven't been many... Yeah, I mean, I remember Hall's Victoria Weekly used to be on. That was kind of funny. Cause just because the people in it were funny. Oh, yeah. It was Barry a really Murphy shambolic and show and not very well produced and yeah. thrown together. But because of That's always the problem, Kevin, isn't it? Well, well more know, often than not with RT, I think. Maybe you yeah, don't really yeah, I know they've small budgets, but I think they've done some good. I really liked uh, um, Fancy Vittles. you ever see that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Maeve's show. show. Maeve's show. It was brilliant. And uh, I loved... Uh, Savage Eye, that was brilliant. Yeah, that was, was very really, good. Really, really good. Yeah, but that's because it's got funny people like um, uh, Sa- like McSavage is a great performer. I love John Kill, Patrick McDonald. I know, obviously. Yeah. But Kaleri is great. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, just, I, well, I was one trying of those to get him into Toast as well. Oh really? Well, yeah. There was was this role for it was Pat Short ended up doing it. Okay. But I thought if Pat can't do it or whatever, you know, Kaleri's very close. I think he's brilliant. He is. He's just really funny. Really, really funny. And like. Very, just very talented. Yeah, he's. Um, I, I used to do a bit of stand up a few years ago. And oh yeah, he, I did a few gigs with him, and he's oh, right. one of the funniest people. Like one mm. of the all the time as well. Like he's not yeah. one of the people that turns it on when he goes on stage. Like, yeah, yeah, in the green yeah. room, I'm just really funny. Yeah. I've only met him once, once or twice, but uh, I really rate him. I think he's brilliant. yeah. But that pretty much people are great as well. Yeah. So they're very hugely talented and just very very funny. But the, it seems hard for them to. Like, Opry Match should have probably have done some kind of sketch show with an audience. Mm. You know, I mean, they're doing very well anyway with what they do, but... They did a few live shows, didn't they? <coughs> yeah, 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 I saw yeah. them live and they mm. were great. Yeah. It was with an audience and it sustained mm. for, you know... But on TV, half, like, they should have done something like, you know, the Irish version of the Fast Show or something. Yeah. On yeah, yeah. TV would have been great. Yeah. But, um... So anyway, I rate them very highly. They're very funny. A sport is another interest of yours, is it? Um, you're, well, you obviously wrote Aikino. Yeah, um, not sport. Not Fo- sport? Football, really. Just football. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I kind of dislike sport. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What it no, I, I dislike... I can't really relate to sporting people, to sporty people. Right. But for some reason, I was always a soccer fan and uh, collected football stickers and that. Right. And I think it is the beautiful game, but I'm not a sports fan, really. Right. Okay. You know what I mean. So do you watch the Premier League or I just international the football? And I, yeah, but, but I actually support like Drawley United, my own thing, which seems an absolutely eccentric thing to do. Because <laughs> people say to you, "Why don't you support Huddersfield Town or something?" <laughs> so I do about that. And uh, I used to be a big Ireland fan. It's kind of waned a bit. Yeah. Recently. Uh, it's kind of maybe hard to be excited about them, but maybe if we get into Europe, yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah. looking slightly so more likely now. I don't know it's, if if we can discuss this for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think that they're four points ahead of Scotland, but in re- reality, Scotland are going to beat Gibraltar. So yeah. it's only one point. Yeah. So whereas I think the way it's going to work out is Scotland, 
the easiest game of any left is Scotland, Poland at home. Scotland playing Poland at home. Yeah. I don't think Ireland will, will beat Germany or Poland. I think the most they can get is two points. But if Scotland beat Poland, they'll get three points and then they'll get the same points as us and then they'll go forward. Yeah. So I've done a, a deep analysis of it. Yeah, it's very good and in-depth, but um, we're going to get four points. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, we have this recorded. I hope we do. So. I hope yeah. we do. I hope yeah. we, I hope we uh, go forward. Yeah. Because it'll be great because, like... Uh, because um, Wales will be there in Northern Ireland, probably in England, so that'd be interesting. That's what we were just mm-hmm. saying last night. It would have been so. It would have been brilliant to have uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales. Yeah. go through. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that would have England been are already true. Are Wales already true? As good as. As good as they didn't beat Israel though. That was interesting. Um, no, but they they have to be, beat Andorra. Oh, they can probably do that. They'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> Bale can we do that. We could probably beat Andorra if we got <laughs> everyone else in the building. We such believe in we we could probably beat them. <laughs> uh, I feel bad for Gibraltar though. Like I was just looking at the, yeah. the They scores. got a goal last night. I know. The future, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. were at the match last night and yeah. uh, my friend next to me just kept showing me the score and it was like one nil, two nil, three nil, four nil, <laughs> eight eight nil. Yeah. And then when when Ireland played them on Friday it was oh they're much better organised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so okay so how did Aikino come about was it were you just really interested in that story well everyone was interested yeah that's true yeah that's true and it was just who side were you on were you Keane or McCarthy I was um, I was kind of on McCarthy's side to be honest but um, it was classic I mean everyone was interested it was was like the the Irish Civil War I was exactly anyone who would have been a, a free stater would have been on McCarthy's side, and the regulars would have been on Keane's side. It was classic. It, was, it would have been perfect for that. Yeah. So everyone was very interested in it, and uh, it was just a simple idea of setting it in Roman times. Yeah. It was that simple, really, and it seemed to work as an analogy. Uh, Keane came to the show. I wasn't there when he came, but apparently he was very gracious. And very, oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very, you know, he didn't have to come. Yeah, yeah. But he did come, and. Uh, Apparently he was very nice. He didn't sue you for using his name. No, he didn't. And like you know, um, I mean, he's a uh, you know he's a uh, he's such a controversial character, and like, people are obsessed by him. You know, and he's very he's very charismatic, and obviously he's a great footballer. Um, so people just are fascinated by him, you know. But the yeah. whole that whole story was amazing. Yeah, yeah, and the run that Aikino had was amazing as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, no, it was, but pe- people um, people were interested in that topic, and there was good yeah. people in it, and uh, yeah, it was of its time. It was revived earlier this year, which was very good production. I saw the production; it was really good production. But I don't, I mean, do you have any involvement in that then? No, not at all, really. <coughs> no, not at all. Um, Paul um, Woodfully did the music, uh, did a bit of rewriting, and it just updated a bit, and did a very good job. And Paul's hugely talented, hugely talented. Uh, at, at music and lots of things, but um, it was a very good production. But it didn't have the the crowds that went to see it. I mean, it's ten years ago since it was on. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind <coughs> of of its time. But um, no, I didn't realize it was ten years. Yeah, yeah it's it's ten, ten years. years. Jesus, two thousand five it opened. Yeah. Yeah, well, maybe if we get to the Euros, maybe Seamus Coleman will fall out with uh, <laughs> 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 I'd like to see that. I Coleman. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it could happen. Um, uh, talk a little bit about um, um, sketch comedy. Well, did oh, you yeah. Did you ever 
perform other than like I suppose the cameos did, you've had we did um, Graham so it was in the <coughs> Joshua Tree and we used to do the odd little kind of sketches on stage about you too. oh yeah is this where the Father Trendy thing yeah, uh, fa- yeah the fa- it, Father Ted Crilly was kind of involved in that he was a character who'd come on stage and introduced the band oh, okay I only did a few times <laughs> oh but you were Father Ted Crilly yeah oh right yeah I only did a few times did it ever cross your mind to actually play Father Ted in Father Ted no, you crossed it for about 10 seconds, but <laughs> it was probably better I didn't do yeah. it. <laughs> Damn it, fitted the bill. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we did sketches with the Joshua Trio, and then we did a little Paul and myself and Graham. Was Graham little, in the Joshua Trio? He was kind of associated with because okay. he was in Hot Press at the time. Yeah. And he used to do a little bit of come on stage in this city stuff. But okay. not much. Right. But then I remember one, one thing we did. We had a little sketch troupe for about ten minutes, which was me and Graham and Paul, and we did a few sketches with Jeremy Hardy played in the project once. All right. And we did a few sketches beforehand. That was the only thing I remember doing with Graham and Paul. I did a few other things with Paul. But that's that was... Um, yeah, but that that was unrelated, really, to the later kind of TV sketches we did. Right. Which was... Um, I think we started writing for Alexi. Well, Smith and Jones was the first thing. Right. And then Alexi Sale's sketch show we did, and then the fast show we did. So, Alexi Sale, how, how did you come across him? Because you've done well, a few did, things we, with him. We did, a, we did a sitcom called Paris with yeah. him. I watched the first episode of it there the other day. Did you? Yeah. Hey, where did you find that? It's uh, not anywhere. The YouTube. Is it on YouTube? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's not even on Channel 4's... Uh, 4OD thing. Yeah, it's pro- it's illegally on YouTube, I'd say. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's up there. Anyway, it's not it's not a show people remember very well. No, yeah. Um, but it was good. It was fun to do. And Alexi was doing a sketch show at the same time, so we did. We wrote sketches for him, and then Jeffrey Perkins, who uh, produced Father Ted, was connected with with um, Harry Enfield. Yeah. So then. He knew Paul Whitehouse and Charlie Higson who wanted to do their sketch show. So I remember meeting them about writing for the Fast Show, uh, which was sold to us as a kind of a, like Ronan Martin's Laugh-In. Remember that show in no, America? No, It was an old 60s show in America, which was full of catchphrases and quick sketches. Right. It didn't turn out quite like that. But um, that's where we met Charlie and Paul. and We, we wrote um, Ted and Ralph characters for it, mostly. Yeah. But um, Paul Whitehouse, he's in the Toast series as well, so I met him last week. Yeah. Uh, so that's how that came out. The sketches are just... Um, I was asked to do this thing recently, to talk to bunch, to students. I was in a bunch of... It's always a bunch of students, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the collective verb in here, collective noun. <laughs> I was asked to talk to some students about sketch show writing, and I thought, well, I'm not sure I could do that, because it's... Any sketches we wrote seemed to come just fully formed as it's just an idea, you know, and didn't that was the whole thing was an idea that you just write up, you know. Mm. Like there was one that we did a um sketch show called Big Train and there was a yeah. there was one in it where the Bee Gees are involved in a shootout with Shaka Khan <laughs> and that's just an idea, you know. <laughs> that's all it is and you just write it up. Yeah. That's all it is really. There's no narrative thrust in it, really. So I can't really explain how you'd write that. You know, it's just an idea. Yeah. It's just a notion crosses your through your brain. But then with Big Train, which is one of my favourite sketch shows, 
if not my favourite. Um, yeah, um, I I got it by mistake. I think I, yeah. got, I bought it on DVD, and it All was right. I didn't know what it was. Right, but it was <laughs> it was uh, no offense, but it was um, I think it was when uh, Simon Pegg started to get really yeah. big. Yeah, and so some, some yeah. of his older DVDs were kind of put into shops and stuff. Right, and I picked it up, and then I I discovered that you two had written it, and yeah, it's brilliant. Um, okay, thank you. I'm glad you like it. And so you you do that thing, I suppose, where you you, you have an idea and you write an idea, yeah. but then you use it again and again, and it gets funnier and funnier. You know, there's different. There's a few sketches where there's like uh, you know the oh wait, where you know right at the last second the guy's like oh hang on yeah 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 or um, yeah 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 or, or the boss who's you know trying to disappear or or different things yeah, like that distracting boss D- yeah yeah the <laughs> yeah. people come into his office and look for a pay rise yeah and he, he he takes rabbits out of hats and everything <laughs> to uh, distract them there was puppies in a drawer yeah that was yeah. Some, but that, that was an idea where we thought well you could probably do a few of those and escalate his, yeah his but that works really well they get funnier and funnier as they go yeah, on. even though you know what the punchline is you know what's going to happen yeah 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 <laughs> yes there is that kind of you know what's going to happen. That's kind of what's funny about it. Yeah. Yeah. Some 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 sketch ideas lend themselves to repetition. Some are just one off. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a few like that you haven't seen it. No, no I haven't yeah. seen it yet. There's like um, yeah. I'll give you the DVD. Oh, <laughs> There's like. No, I'll buy my own. Yeah. Buy in the shop. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. Twenty pounds from it. <laughs> there's like um, there's there's other ones that are kind of like an idea and then. Uh, and then you, you use the same idea but in a different way. So I'm thinking of the one where somebody's walking at a park and someone walks up, comes up and says, do you speak English? Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah. oh, no, I don't. Yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't speak English at all. Yeah. And yeah. then they go away. And it's like, oh. And then there's the guy in the in the ball shop and someone wants to come in and buy a ball. Oh, yeah. He's like, no, we don't have any balls. <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like the same idea but just being recycled. But um, yeah. well, that was I really like that idea. It's a very good cast. And I'm Simon Pegg, who's yeah. now obviously big star. But Blown up, yeah. We went to see Jason Moore in a club. Uh, no, it's Justin Bourne. Sorry, Justin Bourne in a club in Chiswick. I remember, and Simon was on the bill, and that's just we thought he'd be good. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he he'd actually done a bit of TV before. He was in this very mainstream ITV show, but just as a small role in it. Right. And he done it. He done a bit of TV beforehand, but we hadn't seen him before, and we just kind of thought, well, he'd be really good. Yeah. And Space came after that, did. It's based, yeah, and I did a show called Hippies with them, which which wasn't a huge success, but I think it's yeah. I quite, um, looking back, and I quite like it. But anyway, yeah, he did Space, and then one thing led to another. <laughs> but he was a huge Star Wars fan, Simon. Yeah, and now he's in it, He's in it, it I yeah, know, it's amazing. I think he flew to New York once to see to see one of the one of them opening before I was out in Britain, so you have to go, I had to see it to go, you know, off in New York. To wow. So all his dreams came true. Yeah. And Nick Frost is great as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And Nick is just someone who was a mate of Simon's and just, yeah. he completely accidentally ended up yeah. doing what he's like, doing. Do, do a stand-up gig and then be in space <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, well, but Nick hadn't done any, um, he wasn't at all involved in any kind of performance at all. Yeah. Just a mate of Simon's. Yeah. Simon thought he'd be quite funny. He's a funny bloke. Yeah, I heard him on a podcast. I think it was maybe Mark Marin or something talking about all that. He just kind of fell into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I looked. I looked Nick up the other day. He's got one and a half million followers on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> just bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing Absolutely all right. Bizarre. Yeah. He's uh-huh. a really nice bloke, Nick too. As well. I like the three lads working together and Edgar Wright and making those films. The 
the yeah. blood the blood nice yeah, trilogy. They're great and um I mean he's a very fine filmmaker, right? He can do all that technical stuff. Yeah. I love his editing. Yeah, he's brilliant and yeah. he's you know, he's a huge student of it and uh it's a different world. Like if if I thought I could direct a film it would be just really simple. you know, I probably could direct something that's really simple. Right. Like I got in obsessed with this woman called Joanna Hogg who's a director who did a thing called Archipelago and a few things and she just keeps the camera really still and it's all wide shots and people moving into it doesn't, it doesn't move and people just it's very naturalistic and it's completely the opposite from all this cameras jumping around at yeah. miles an hour which I kind of haven't had enough of really you know yeah certain sometimes when they're trying to be faster and faster you know for fight scenes and things and you, you can't yeah. see what's happening but it's okay i don't mind fight scenes or <laughs> yeah. someone like running up with a gurney in the hospital trolley yeah <laughs> but then you have people like you know people having a really quiet conversation and the cameras kind of can't see this visually but it's you know it's yeah. going up and down yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah for no reason at all yeah it's handheld like, why why do that it just seems crazy to me so i kind of had enough of that right have you ever directed anything uh, no, I haven't really. But I, I, you know, I have no particular ambition. But if I did it, it would be like really, um, really uh, like Joanna Hogg's films, which are very still and very yeah. wide shot. I think comedy always works better in wide shots, anyway. Right. And I don't like lots of fast cutting at all. I went through a phase of watching a lot of um, uh, European kind of comedies, like this one called Dark Horse, which is Danish. Uh, and all the cast of Borgen were in it. <laughs> it's very weird to see them in comedies. <laughs> the Killing, they're all in it. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, and Iceland, there was one called um, Oi, Noi Albino, which was an Icelandic. So I went through a phase of watching some of those. And I saw one recently called um, Force Majeure, which is Swedish. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very good. Yeah. I like those kind of um, long shots, naturalistic wide shots rather than frantic stuff handheld right. camera stuff how do you find the um, the translation was it, was it dubbed or subtitled uh, oh subtitled right and do oh, you find it's translated correctly or whatever well I have no idea yeah, yeah <laughs> but, speak but you obviously found it funny so <laughs> it worked like. oh yeah 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 of course it did yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, you're good. that's a good question actually because I, I don't know uh, that is a good question because if I did speak Danish or Icelandic? <laughs> yeah. Would I, you know, have I missed out on things? But anyway, I didn't. You're going to have to learn Danish and just. I'm going to have to learn it's Danish. The only, yeah. It's the only thing for yeah. it. Um, so you've no kind of major interest of say directing an episode of Toast or something, or. Well, there'd be no point in me directing an episode of Toast because I wouldn't. Um, I like the director a lot, Michael Cumming, who directs it, who did Brass Eye, uh, years ago. Oh yeah, you were involved with Brass Eye as well. Yeah, yeah, a bit, um, but. I I like I'm, I'm I've got got quite strong opinions about editing, um, in that again like I don't I like I don't like things that are too cutty and I I like wide shots and that and you can really create something in an editing suite. That's the real creative thing, really. You know. Yeah. Would you be involved in that much? To yeah, the, the well, to- on toast like that sound with you know the sound things. Uh, the sun the sound rough edits over on the computer and. Uh, so yeah, my always have quite strong thoughts on that. But basically, I think you know comedy works better in wide shots and not too much cutting, except when it the scene calls for it. You know, mm. um, I don't. I really went off the mock documentary thing. I think that's just vastly overdone. 
Yeah. I, do, I mean, the yeah, office there's a lot of it now, isn't it? There's yeah. too much, yeah. yeah. But it also lets you off the hook of having a kind of story, you know. But I, do, I mean, the, the office was brilliant. But even then, I think um, they kind of got. I think Ricky Gervais said they kind of got caught in a bit of a rut doing it because it was a bit limiting, and they could have just had that style. What they did gain from it, which was brilliant, though admittedly, was his the little conversations with David Brent. But they might have been able to do them another way. But anyway, I think the mock documentary thing is is tiresome, really. Although that you know, brilliant like Spinal Taps, obviously brilliant. Yeah, example. yeah. But it's just overdone, and it gets people off the hook of uh, having to tell a proper narrative story. I think these things probably go in waves, do they? So they'll be like. Well, it's, it like it's popular for a while and then it gets overdone and then yeah, it, it gets away. overdone. It gets overdone. Yeah, but um, I, if, you know, I think I think the way it should go is the Johanna Hogway, which is completely the opposite of uh, it's as I've said already a lot. Just very still and the camera doesn't move and it's all wide shots. Yeah, and people, you know, some of those foreign films. Um, do a bit of that, like Force Majeure did a bit of that. Right, which is a great film. Not 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 specifically a comedy, but there are some very funny moments in it. Yeah, interesting. And so you you were always creative. I I I did uh, a little bit of reading. <laughs> did you, sir? You did um, graphic design in DIT. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was kind of good at art at at school, um, relatively. You know, I was the one who was good at art. Could keep the colours in the lines. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I've tried to do that recently because I, you know, I wasted a lot of time. My twenties was just a waste of time. Were you not writing? No, I wasn't. I didn't do much. I did screen printing course. It was the time of desperate poverty in the country. Right. So everyone was put on screen on screen printing courses. I wrote <laughs> two million um, qualified screen printers in Ireland. <laughs> uh, and I, well, I went to art. I went to uh, College of Marketing and Design. And then uh, I did, you know, I did like I did viz. I did some things for viz, and then I did my own um, comic, like viz influence comic. And then I was doing illustrations, and it was all very unsatisfactory until I went to the hot press, probably. Yeah. Uh, but I did waste a lot of time. But Matt Berry is very interested in art as well, and does a lot of painting. And he went to art college. Really? So yeah, and a uh, big like Francis Bacon fan, for instance. Oh yeah. So. Um, Has he been over to see the exhibition in the? No, I keep telling him he should come yeah. over and, uh, and and look at it. Yeah, the uh, installation of his of his studio. Yeah, it's but, pretty um, interesting. Yeah, no, we're both interested. In, in, I'm trying. I'm trying to do a bit more of it now these days. So what are you trying to do? Are you trying to do kind of like posters for shows and stuff or are you trying to do actual painting? No, no, painting? just my own, for my own amusement. Um, I just got, there's people I've discovered recently, kind of English illustrators, there's one called uh, Edward Bowden and one called Larry Gravilius, who just, I just love their stuff. And uh, I went to see an exhibition in Dulwich recently of Eric Gravilius and I just thought, wow, that's so inspirational, you know. It's like you see a bit of comedy that's inspirational. It, it spurs you on a bit, you know. Yeah. So, what kind of stuff is it? Is it like kind of box it's, comics? Like, is it kind of? It's uh, Revelius. Well, it's like uh, like these were like around in the thirties, really. Um, they're watercolors, um, kind of graphic, um, just unusual, you know. Right. Very um, distinctive. I really like that, you know. 
There was like, a huge influence on me was this um, Bruce McCall, who was a illustrator. Um, uh, f- he did bogus art. He wrote, wrote for National Lampoon and uh, um, those kind of magazines, Vanity Fair, and those kind of things. And he did very kind of bogus illustrations and bogus like brochures and uh, just really, really funny. It's called Zany Afternoons. It's a huge influence on me. So check him out, Bruce okay. McCall. It's very, very funny. M C C A double L. He used to do stuff in the New Yorker and stuff like that. Okay. This book Zany Afternoons is one of my favourite books. It's just full of um, interesting ideas and uh, illustrations, and it's hard to explain really. Right. But uh, it's a huge influence on me. Cool. Okay, I'll look it up. And is that the kind of thing that got you into hot press? Uh, uh, a friend of mine, I, I knew a few people in hot press. Declan Lynch, I knew was a friend of mine. Uh, Tony Clayton Lee. So the kind of you know that's the way you, you'd get a job in Ireland in the eighties if you knew somebody, <laughs> yeah. you knew somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what happened. So I went for an interview at hot press and. Maureen Sheehy there, it was Niall Stokes and Maureen and I remember them asking me very clearly have you ever worked really, really hard? And I answered honestly, no. <laughs> <laughs> but they still gave me the job. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's the only place where you can, I get honestly answer. Yeah. No, I've actually never ever actually really worked hard and then I still get the job. So it's I not say, like no, but I want to try it. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking of. <laughs> I kind of looked at them and thought, if I say no to these people, they'll probably know where I'm coming from. <laughs> but anyway, they give me the job, and it's very interesting to meet a lot of funny people in there. Is that Ray McGrain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, um, I was art director, laying out the magazine, which was mostly cutting up bits of paper and sticking them down <laughs> glued on tracing paper. It's very primitive. It looks a lot better now, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But yeah, Graham was... Uh, he was a young writer and he became the film reviewer there. Right. And he was just a very funny writer. Then he went off to London to write for Select Magazine in London. Okay. So I followed him over there for, uh, I thought it might be a short period, but one thing led to another. What age were you when that happened? <laughs> oh, God, I was really old. I was in my early 30s. <laughs> right. Yeah, it is laughable. <laughs> <laughs> Because when you say you kind of a lot of your twenties was you know wasted, yeah, like it was, yeah, yeah. Did you only really kind of decide to right? I'm going to start getting going here and when yeah, you well, Graham was great. You know, it was he was very keen to do, and he was a lot younger. So he was like in his early. I was in my early thirties, and he was in his early twenties. He's nine years younger than I am. But he was like he, you know, he 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 just wanted to do it. You know, in fact, I thought he'd want to direct more. Because, like, at the time, when I knew him first, he was a huge um, taxi driver, I used to, and, like, film fan and Scorsese and all that kind of stuff, which is great. But I thought he'd probably get into directing, but it was more... I'm surprised he hasn't done more of it, really. He did it with the Walshers, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but he thought, let's just try this for a while, and he was quite, you know, he's quite forceful about what he wanted to do, whereas I kind of drifted along. I've always been pretty bad at making decisions. You know? <laughs> but luckily, I, I was very lucky to make Graham. certainly the most important person I've met in my life, Graham. So it was very lucky that I met him because I ended up doing something that I liked doing and seemed to fit my personality very well. Yeah. You know, it suits me down to the ground doing what I do. And not many people can say that. 
it just suits me in every way to do this and do you feel the same now is it like yeah yeah you, you work better do you work do you work better with like a deadline or no do you feel no, like i don't care about deadline I, I don't need one like okay a lot of people i'm i'm you know i just do it and like you know um if it's not good enough even if it's rubbish you can rewrite it but i never feel like it's a pressure famously douglas adams you know hitchhiker's guy yeah. of the galaxy he just stayed in, in the bath all day and like, <laughs> just like let he says the sound of head of deadlines rushing past him <laughs> but i've never been like that at all like you know and, and i've never had writer's block i mean you know whether it's quality of it you know i mean if it's terrible first draft you can just really do another one but i'm looking kind of lucky like that yeah it suits me kind of to do because i'm a bit I'm kind of quiet, but I'm a bit mischievous. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you just spent your twenties doing then, just being mischievous? And I, I, I'm right. a bit mischievous. Yeah, I'm a bit rebellious, but I'm not. I'm not an extrovert. I'm an introvert. Okay. That um, sounds worse. Yeah, they're the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're the worst. They're the ones who start wars. Yeah, they're the ones who start wars. Hitler, essentially. <laughs> um, frustrated artist. Yeah. <laughs> but he would have had to organise things and make a few phone calls which I wouldn't like to <laughs> <Couldn't be arse-like. laughs> so yeah no it's just as a job this, it's, I'm very lucky to be doing what I'm doing you know um, I was very lucky to meet Graham because if, if, if I hadn't met Graham I wouldn't be doing this Yeah, it's, it's unlikely I would be doing it so when you're actually working what do you how do you get into the creative do you space do you have a room in your house do yeah, you go I do, to a yeah. cafe I've got a room in my house I wouldn't go to a cafe it'd be really distracting I couldn't do that right and uh, well, I could do but you know I think I need silence um, some people write with music which I don't really understand no, yeah same yeah so luckily enough um, you find yourself in the space in the world that you're in and um uh, it's uh, you know if things are going well it's almost almost writes itself in a way mm. uh, yeah you come immersed in that world I think right. if you're lucky you know all's going well and um, what's what's happening do you have any plans after Toast uh, uh, well um, yeah I mean I'm doing a radio thing um, next month a, ra- a radio uh, play like it's a comedy just uh, with um, this guy Terry Minot who's who is uh, a brilliant impressionist comedian actor type. I'm doing something with him. I've got loads of things in with um, Channel Four. I literally have five scripts in with them, and the BBC. But this is how in, in television, you know, things happen after a period of ten years, <laughs> and things just they just state for ages and ages and ages, and uh, it's very frustrating. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I have lots of ideas and lots of things in the pipeline. Something with um, um, with Avalon TV, with uh, Chris Addison. I don't know if you know Chris Addison. Yeah. Uh, something with him. Um, just a, f- a few things. A f- thing about detectives with... Um, Tim Key, I really want to work with. Do you know Tim Key? Oh, Tim yeah, Key? the poet. The comedian poet. Good. He's brilliant. I'd like to do something with him. Yeah. Uh, There's t- talk of Toast maybe going to New York or something. I don't know. But it's all, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
Cool. So that's it. So I'm 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 not un I'm not underemployed. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was concerned about. Yeah, just well, want to bring you in right and have a chat. And just... <laughs> I think you're right to worry because yeah. I rarely get out. <laughs> do so it's it's um, I do spend a lot of time on my own just writing. So it's when Toast comes along, I can go over to London for seven or eight weeks, and it's brilliant. Yeah, are you kind of always writing? Like you know, if you're you know walking down the street and are you kind of always looking for ideas, or would well, you? They just occur. try and switch off. I don't. No, I mean I, they just seem to occur. Uh, they just come into my head, you know, and it's it's um maybe they come into most people's heads, I don't know. But they don't have an opportunity to give them you know, to get them on T V yeah. or whatever. If you see something or think of something, do you have to write it down? Do you have to record it in yeah, your phone? I think, yeah, I kind of um Yeah. I uh I'd write it down probably, yeah. Like straight away and put it in your pocket like a little pad or on in your phone. You know what I mean? Like well, if if I'm at home 99% of the time, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so I can write it down. And uh, uh, It's terrible. Sometimes you think of an idea and then it's gone and it's so frustrating. Yeah. So it's better to, obviously, better that to... That is the to, worst thing in the world. ...to write yeah. it down, you know. And, like, if I was on location with Toast, I had loads of ideas, just being around the characters, just loads of Toast ideas, you know. Mm. Um. So I was in I was in the zone for thinking about that. Yeah. But like you know you you, you um, lots of things can happen and you just make a note of them, like that that um, Father Ted thing about friends of mine that the, the became the bloke who came to stay with them. Yeah. You know that's great when that kind of stuff happens. Um. So yeah, yeah you know I've got lots of ideas. Do you have a favourite sketch or scene or funniest sketch or scene that you've written that you think? You uh, um, um, I don't know. There's lots of things. Um, just off the top of my head, I mentioned the Chaka Khan shootout yeah. with the Bee Gees. That's a pretty good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and the fact that someone would say about that idea, oh yeah, okay, let's do that. Yeah. That's pretty good, you know. That's, yeah, it's pretty good. It was a good, that's a nice thing that people would do that. One of my favourites ever was uh, all the priests in the biggest lingerie section yeah. in Ireland. Oh yeah, that <laughs> where does that, that come from? Yeah, that is. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone reminded me recently because it's, it's one of those amazing things that you think did that really happen? That Brian Eno was a priest and Father Ted. All right, that was just bizarre. Yeah, because he's just at the last episode. He's introduced. Ted is introduced. Or he's, he says hello to a lot of bunch of priests. Or he's introduced by someone, and it's uh, it's Father Brian Eno. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then being with John Hamm on set recently, and just think, God, I've seen him in, in uh, Loud Men so many times. Yeah, think, yeah. There he is. That's him. Do you still get that if you see certain people? Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Especially with John Hamm because I'm just such a huge Madman fan, and it's like you know, it's an Ameri- it's a Hollywood. You know, it's American, so it's yeah, bigger. Yeah. They're the biggest they're the biggest stars, aren't they? Really? Yeah, you know? It's yeah. like um Elvis Presley or Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Uh so yeah, of course, yeah, it's brilliant to to, uh, to um have great people, you know, to work with really good people. Especially like when with Smith and Jones, because I'd watch that show in the eighties, not the nine o'clock news, and then years later you find yourself in the room with them. And uh, 
it's great. It's a thrill, you know, it really is. Cool. Well, we should let you go. You have to have your. Oh, uh, I do. Yeah. You have to. You have to head. Yeah. Time's flown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been nice talking to you. Uh, Thank thanks you. a million for coming on no to, the, on to the podcast. So that was the Arthur Matthews episode of the Headstuff Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. If this is the first time you've listened to a Headstuff Podcast, you can listen back to all the other ones on iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and TuneIn and all the podcast apps. Any one of the ones that you like that we're on. I think we're on all of them. Um, so go and do that. And also, if you would like to rate and subscribe and comment and do all those things, um, that would be really good for us and our ranking. Uh, you can also follow Headstuff on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and uh, check out the website headstuff.org every now and again so thank you very much to Connor who's here beside me you're welcome Alan Connor of Wilkins Sound Systems um, my pleasure y- your pleasure and my pleasure uh, thank you to Video Blue for the team tune thank you to Mikey for the artwork uh, thanks to Matt for being my guiding light and um, thanks uh, to all of you for listening but mainly to Arthur Matthews for being so kind and generous and coming and talking to us we'll be back next week with another episode See you later.